In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13-year-old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020. It's our future. Queensland, and Australia more broadly, relies heavily on the hard-working people living in rural and remote areas. While there is a large population in these areas, the challenge remains to provide equitable access and care to those living in small towns. We invited four projects from rural and remote areas to share how they are meeting the specific needs of their community and helping to overcome the tyranny of distance. Redesign of rural maternity services has attracted significant attention in recent years, resulting in numerous changes and reforms. Peter and Jennifer joined us to discuss their experience in Darling Downs and posed the question whether the improvements to date are enough for communities. So Western Cluster of Darling Downs goes from Oakey right through to Taroom, covering all of the Western Downs Council and some of Banana Shire Council. Population is about 30,000. Dolby is our main birthing facility. It has about 14,000 of the population and averages around 221 births a year. Chinchilla is an hour inland from Dolby and has about 6,500 people in the years we did birthing there, it averaged around 51 births. Since 2013, it's been bypass on and off. We did attempt to re-establish birthing in 2018, but it didn't last very long because the service relies on the same people being on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not just the midwives, but the theatre nurses and the doctors, and we just couldn't sustain it. So I started in this role at the end of 2018 and was tasked with reviewing the maternity services for the cluster. When I looked at it, it was very fragmented. It was medically driven. It wasn't providing outreach to any of the rural services. There was a real disconnect between Dolby and the rest of the rural areas and a real disconnect between Dolby and Toowoomba, which is our main birthing facility. We had no continuity. Midwives were not working to their full scope of practice. There was a heavy reliance on permanent agency midwives. We had no water births. Reviewing clinical incidents, the main themes that came through were poor communication and lack of continuity. At the same time, we had intense media scrutiny. The Rural Maternity Task Force was up and running. And if you Google Chinchilla or Chinchilla Hospital or Rural Birthing, you just get bad press. There's nothing good in the press about it. So we had that as the background that we were working in. We really needed to restore confidence back in the service because we lost it. Politically, as I said, the Rural Maternity Task Force was great for us. They came to Chinchilla, they engaged with community, they talked to consumers, they talked to GPs, they talked to staff, and they really listened to what was said. 
Around the same time, we had a couple of our long-term midwives retire and we had one general election commitment caseload midwife allocated to Chinchilla, which meant it was the right time for change. We could change the model of care to something that was more contemporary. Now, midwifery group practice is not new. It's been around for a long time, but it was a very new concept to the Western Downs area. To make sure that we were doing it right, we wanted to engage with the consumers. So we went out, we had a lot of face-to-face -face meetings in the local communities, and we spoke to them about what they wanted. We gave them post-it notes to write down, you know, what's it like now? What do you want it to be in the future? Overwhelmingly, what it was like now was restrictive, inflexible, not friendly, impersonal, have to repeat my story over and over. But the one comment that resonated with Peter and I was, it's enough. And no one wants to hear their service described as, well, you know, it's okay, isn't it? It's enough. It clarified that we had significant room for improvement. Looking for what they wanted in the future, it was women-centred, continuity, informed, water birth, accessible, all the stuff we knew midwifery group practice could give us. So the seed for where we needed to go was set. We had a clear vision, wrote a business case for change, but I didn't have the time to commit to getting it happening. That's where Peter came in. So we had this project in its conception phase, but I needed a midwife who could bring it to life. Peter. So when we first started talking to staff about changing a model of care, we hit lots of barriers. We were faced with long-standing cultural challenges and a very disempowered or absent midwifery workforce. Some highlights from the consultation process I'd like to share is that we don't need to change. Midwives don't do change. Is anyone here still using these things today? We change. So some responses were fear-based and emotionally charged and paternalistic, our favourite. Caseload MGP models are fraught with danger. We heard that you have to have a doctor in the room every time or it's not safe and that doctors need to be called for every birth. We were told that consumers don't want continuity of care and no one here wants to work that way. Surprisingly, when I talked one-on-one -on -one to staff, more staff actually chose to work in the midwifery group practice and I had to advertise for core midwives. So how did we put it all together? It's not really all about me. I was the dedicated project officer. I was external to the unit and I'm a midwife. I've worked in both caseload, team and core models of care and I've experience in education and management. I was lucky enough to complete Clinical Excellence Manage for Improvement program last year, so I had some good skills and quite a thick skin. I had the time to dedicate to the project with clear leadership and strategic direction from the board, CEO and rural executives, as well as a clearly documented timeline and a midwifery vision from Jenny. We planned for a safe service within the CSCF capabilities, nothing left of centre and nothing new. We hope to have two pods of midwives providing outreach to all surrounding areas, maintaining a core team of midwives, medical and anaesthetic support 24-7 in Dolby. We were blessed with the clean slate of a new Don, who was a very experienced professional who really got midwifery practice. We created a new position, a midwifery unit manager, and thankfully had swift recruitment of an experienced midwife new to Queensland Health. We formed a local steering committee and held fortnightly meetings to develop local ways of working, governance and flow processes. We engaged our key stakeholders, including GPs, mothers, 
babies and the union. We embarked on an industrial change process, clearly documented Queensland Health Framework with our Human Resource Department. We also had employee assistance service available, acknowledging that change can be really difficult. Some project planning tips to share. Don't reinvent the wheel. Steal shamelessly with grateful acknowledgement. So I was lucky enough to draw from existing networks and established groups across the state. I talked to midwives from Mariba, Mount Isa, within our own health service, the established groups in Gundawindi and Toowoomba. They would actually call in with their GPs and talk to our steering committee and share tips. The existing resources are absolutely available. The Midwives Hub, ACM Continuity of Care Handbook and the Decision Making Framework. Happy to share those resources at any time. The biggest tip with communication is listening, listening, listening. Not just the loudest voice, but ensure that everyone has their point of view. We also have to acknowledge some misconception and address the rumours. You need to provide up-to-date resources. For example, when the medical officer says, what exactly does the scope of practice mean for midwives? Have it readily available. Here's one I prepared earlier, and she hands it over. Some financial tips is make your business manager your best friend. I strategically placed myself beside the business manager at planning days, and he literally said, tell me what you need so I can make it happen. We were able to access some 19-2 funding for resources. It was also really important to maintain evidence of consultation, sign-in sheets, emails, red receipts, because we absolutely faced open resistance to change, hostility and undermining. I lived the DDHHS value of courage, acknowledging that even when everyone gives 100% in the process, someone will stand up and say, this is obviously a typical Queensland Health poorly implemented change management process. So the greatest tip, be resilient. No failure, just feedback. The greatest challenge in the rural space is absolutely recruitment, nine rounds of recruitment for two positions in Chinchilla. We had to think outside of the box, even advertising in movie theatres. We offered incentives, accommodation and relocation. We finally assembled an enthusiastic group of midwives and after 41 weeks in the project, we had the birth of the new Western Cluster Maternity Service on the 18th of November. So of course I'm going to give you four phased results. A picture is worth a thousand words. For me as a midwife, it's always about the consumer, the woman. In her words, from the first contact, she made me feel like a priority. A familiar face, someone listening to me and answering all of my questions. It felt so good to have someone close to home to be there for me and my baby. We do plan formal evaluation on staff outcomes in six months, but we are fully recruited. No substantive vacancies, no agency, including Chinchilla. We have 100% MGP for Tara, Miles, Chinchilla and Dolby. Every woman has an allocated midwife. We're mentoring and supporting two brand new graduates for succession planning and sustainability. For our clinical outcomes, short-term wins, we're only four months in. We're delivering more care locally, we're reducing travel for women and we're offering water birth. The pool was actually used for storage, it hadn't actually been used for birth. Um, so we changed the language from we don't do that here to how do we do this here. For the end of December, our SVD rate had increased by 1.1%. Our emergency Caesar rate had decreased by 2.1%. 
January year to year, the length of stay 1.9 down to 1.3 with the peer of 1.51. So we are seeing some short-term wins. The bottom line, of course, it's always about the financial review. We've separated out the cost centres, so acute and maternity were bundled together. So we've separated them out to allow some better um, reporting. Learning from the past to shape our future. MGP does not work in isolation and no one wants to live with the nuns. We acknowledge everyone across the cluster that is committed to ensuring the success of the service. Everyone is working to ensure the woman sees the right person at the right time at the place that she chooses. And for the future, we're looking across our other rural facilities, Kingaroy, Warwick and Stanthorpe. Thank you for allowing us to share our story in a very brief overview and we're happy to be contacted at any time to inspire or share our story. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.